What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast, everyone. Today I interviewed Jacob Kell, the alignment confidant for ambitious men. So Jacob helps men take control of their health, and he is passionate about helping men shift their perspectives and become more in balance with their ideal selves. What Jacob does is different because he only works with men, and he only works with men who are honest and ready to make a change and live more authentic lives. He thinks we shouldn't play by society's rules. I agree with him. So check it out, give it a listen, and we hope you enjoy. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Today, I have the honor of interviewing Jacob Kell, alignment coach and yoga instructor. I'm really excited for this episode because I feel like I'm going to be able to learn a lot. He does something that's super different, and I think it's awesome. So thank you. Welcome. Thank you, Hannah. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. Thanks for coming. All right. So... Tell me what you do here in Charleston. Okay, so I am an alignment coach for men. I help men take immediate control of their physical, mental, and emotional health. And I do this with one-on-one coaching where we work together almost, I like to use the term confidant in the Mm -hmm. fact that I like to build trusting relationships and really dive deep into your conscious and subconscious programming, which may be running your life in a way that is not optimal or not what you prefer. We all know those habits and certain personality traits are very hard to break. And so my goal for alignment coaching is to really dive deep into your belief system. First off, to take control of your emotional health, give you the tools and tactics that you can use for the long term, such as meditation and visualization and uh, all different types of mental tricks to put you in the driver's seat of your brain, which is egotistical and, and very can be difficult to work with. So that's the main component. And then the other component is for physical health as well. Um, I practice a mix of yoga and calisthenic training. And one of the paramount objectives or requirements of my coaching program is that you have a physical practice and it can be whatever that you like, um, but it's super, super important in terms of your overall well-being to maintain that physical practice. So that's another aspect that I like to dive deep into and make sure, hold men accountable to to their physical practice, and then their mental and emotional states as well. 
So in order for someone to work with you, one of your requirements is that they start like a movement practice, yes. no matter what if it is. If they don't already have something going yeah. regularly, then that is a requirement. So how did you get started in this? Well, that's a long story. Let's hear it. All of it. <laughs> um, this is not what I imagined to do up until quite recently. Over the past couple of years, I kind of 180'd my own life. And it started with um, me doing yoga. And I never really thought much about yoga. I was like, you know, that's a, I'm sure it's a good exercise. And my girlfriend at the time took me to Core Power in Mount Pleasant, which is where I teach today. But I kind of started this transformational journey. And I think that yoga was just you know, a, a complement to that journey. Um, I ended up finding myself more at ease when I practice, and it became something that I, I found out I was really good at and I really enjoyed. And this is coming from someone who I never played sports. I didn't like sports at all. I was terrible at anything with a ball. Um, <laughs> I feel that. And so I kind of like found my, my thing. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah, this works. I'm finally good at Yay. something. And it felt really good. But really what happened I, was I started breaking down my own beliefs and my perceptions about who I was had to kind of be redefined. And I didn't like necessarily a lot of, a lot of attributes of myself at this time a couple of years ago. And I was really confused as to the direction of my life and knew the importance of finding meaning and authentic purpose. And I wasn't really living that at the time. Um, we can go back to previous before that. Okay. I was uh, I originally went to College of Charleston mm -hmm. for business and studied French as well and was back and forth studying in France. And then I even went so far as to spend a year living in France after school to do a master's in luxury marketing wow. in Monaco. So I lived in France and studied in Monaco. And I really learned a tremendous amount and loved the time that I spent there, but something was way off in my life. And I, I had to start deep diving later because I wasn't sure that what I was doing was coming from an authentic place. So in essence, to make it simple... I had been for years making a lot of decisions based on what I thought other people thought, mm. okay, which is a classic trap, and it's very dangerous. But fortunately, you know, I, I, I had, you know, slight spiritual practices for a long time, and I'm like, you know, I can't risk going, making a life and a career out of something that's not truly in alignment. And so this concept of alignment became super important to me and how to get into alignment. And so I started breaking down my own belief system about who I thought I was and why, most importantly, why was I doing and choosing the things that I was choosing. And eventually it, it led me to more of my passion and realizing what I like to talk about and how I like to impact people. And then I set up my own coaching program. 
I became a yoga instructor. And so I really 180'd from a, a unique niche business world to a health and wellness-centered world, because um, I think that's what a lot of people need and would benefit from. And so I'm all about helping people dive deep into their belief systems and then learning, practicing, and cementing in the tools to choose the direction of your life, one that's in alignment with your actual true self, not who you think you are, not what you've been told you are, not what you've been for the past 25 years maybe, but go back down to the basics, the core of who you are. Okay, so I have a few questions. Okay, so you started at CFC, business major, and then luxury management was an extension of business, and you went to France. What happened in France? So it sounds like you were, like, you kind of realized you had been making decisions that aligned with someone else's version of you, and that you were like, this isn't who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Sounds like yoga was a part of that too. So was there like a breakthrough? What what sparked? Like, I know that there was a change, but was there like a catalyst, a, a climax? I don't know. I wouldn't say that there was one specific catalyst that mm-hmm. pushed me or flipped me over. It was more so that it was it was an ongoing process of of probing myself and asking these questions just about me and what I'm doing and I eventually got to the point where I, I, I basically put myself back in the driver's seat of me and not the programs that have been running my life and that's something we can talk more about is how we build up our belief system based off of learned experiences so going back to childhood it starts getting you who you really are starts getting covered up with um, new beliefs that you learned or observed from your parents from your family from society in general and we end up masking a lot of many parts of ourselves and we do this at the time to protect ourselves from not being included or from some type of judgment that we thought was uh, handed to us. And so over time, the mask over or the layers over who you really are, who you started out as as a child, get really blurry. And I think that people start making decisions from now an inauthentic place. Um, And that's a complex subject about how how those belief systems get built up. But then they run your life. And so if you're not, my belief is that you're, if you're lacking contentment um, and like a true state of joy, then you need to take a step back and start examining what's going on. Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And search for the authenticity behind it. A lot of times there isn't. It's for some external reasons and factors and it's just old habits. Um, so how do you figure out, you know, I feel like probably the hardest part is, am I content? Am I living in a state of pure joy? And then, like, like how do you figure out, I guess, if, if you've changed and adapted over time or if, like you said, you just keep adding on layers, but who you are and who you still want to be is still there. Right. How do you differentiate? That's... 
that's there's not a there's not a single answer and it's not a one time thing. It's an ongoing process of self inquiry mm -hmm. that takes time, and I'm still doing it to this day, and I'll do it forever. But it's more so going back. You have to get out of your head, and one of the so you asked how do you see or how do you know yeah. where you're at. Um, I think the most important thing that I teach is meditation. Now, meditation can mean lots of different things, and there's lots of different ways to do that. But the main purpose of it is to separate you, the observer, from your thoughts. And so, when you practice building that separation. That's when you get to see where those thoughts are coming from, okay, and that you aren't actually anything that's in your mind. Oh, this is scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 fun. It's interesting. Um, so when you build that separation between you, the observer, and the thoughts and things in your mind, that's when I'd say you have more of a capacity to realize. What you're doing, where your decisions are coming from, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, meditation and just being like self-aware and that constant process of self-inquiry, which what you said, like it never ends because you're always kind of like, you know, if I make this decision, is this what I want to do? Is this what someone else wants me to do? Do I feel like I should do this? Uh -huh. Kind of just like that continual process of reflecting. Yeah. You made me think of a of another. Thing when it comes to making those decisions, and how do I know if if what I'm making, if the decision I'm making is, I say either heart centered okay. or brain centered. Now, ideally, you want to be living from the heart and having your brain support that. However, today most people are just living exclusively from their brain. So the difference between the heart and the brain: the brain rationalizes, critiques, and it keeps us alive, and it does a great job at doing that. The heart feels and knows. So, when you want to make that best decision for you, the authentic you, and you get in tune with your heart, the heart is either going to be yes, absolutely yes, or a hard no on any given decision. And so, one of the things I like to practice and help other people practice is getting in touch with feeling their own intuition, your feelings. How do you feel about the decision? Can you imagine both options? What does it really feel like? When you start speaking in the language of feeling and emotion, you get in touch with your heart, which is just your internal guidance system. You can call it your intuition, whatever you like to say. Um, and that's a skill that needs to be built up because we in our society, I believe, have been taught otherwise. Don't listen to your intuition. Don't yeah. go with your gut necessarily if your brain. Like be if practical you can rationalize and be it. logical. Exactly, the heart's not logical. So, into my next question: Should you always follow your intuition? Yes. And why? Your intuition is your internal guiding guidance system that represents the authentic you, like what really brings you true joy, not you know the varying levels of fake. Temporary happiness, which we've grown accustomed to, I think, in our society. There's just a lot of um, fake happiness, and it, it's not coming from the right place. Your intuition, if you learn to follow it, will always lead you in the best possible direction. Oh man, 
I'm just like thinking about like, a lot of decisions right now. I mean, so is there any value to being practical at all or rationalizing at all? Yes, there is. I mean, at the end of the day, we do live in a society with certain structure and certain ways of operating. And your brain is really, I'm not discounting the brain. Um, it's tremendously useful. But if we're not, if we're disconnected between our brain and heart, that intuition, that guidance system, and we're just letting our brain do everything, then we're not going to be finding happiness from an authentic place. And I think that's the biggest issue. So in theory, the optimal state is to have heart and brain cohesion working together. So the heart leading the way and the brain supporting that direction. Can you give me a personal example of, of this kind of back and forth decision? Um, no, I say like it's d decisions in general, especially like big moves. Mm. Like for example, choosing to move to a new city, which is something I was a decision that I was considering. That's what I was asking. Okay, your what? How have you experienced this? So when it comes to knowing if that's the right place, I really take a step back. I don't necessarily look for the rationality in my brain. However, that happens automatically. You already, you already can see and think really quickly, oh, this is, this is there, this is that. It would work this way. Um, but I step back and focus on my feelings. And so when I do like a meditation on that, I would be imagining what would life be like in this new place. How would it feel to be there? So literally, I close my eyes uh, and focus on feeling. What are the relationships feeling like? The people that I'm seeing, the work that I'm doing, is there a feeling of growth and expansion? Is it a feeling of excitement? And if there's, and it should be very clear, like it, it, there either is or there isn't. Like if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. If it's not a hell yes, then it's no. So when you get in touch with that, the answers come clear. And your brain will try and talk you out of certain things because it doesn't make sense for this. It's scary. It's, it's scary. Um, you might be unstable. It's a financial challenge. It's, you know, any number of things. But if that intuitive guidance system feels good, then take the risk. Take the leap in that direction. So... And it will work out because you, you'll just... You'll just keep flow with it. Flow. Because I feel like a lot of people, you know, if you're in touch with it, your intuition at all, you know the answer, but most people aren't willing to accept it or they, they defy it on purpose mm -hmm. because of all the, the rationalizing and the structures of our society and money and jobs and marriage and like things like that. So you went to France and also like yoga was incorporated into this process. But what was the process like of you taking that 180 and changing your career essentially? Yeah. Um, so and building I, your own business. Right. I left France. I did some traveling. I was postponing reality. Yes, yes, like, of well, course. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> like it at work. Um, and so eventually I was with my girlfriend at the time. And we were very close. And we're still best friends, which is great. But 
we decided to move plot back in Charleston. Um, it made sense. We knew the city. Uh, we knew people here. And I started, I was actually started a different company, which I was working on for a while. And it, I was still living from an inauthentic place, doing things that I thought looked good or that's, that's what I'm supposed to be doing um, in a very kind of superficial world of what I had selected to study and focus on, which is luxury, luxury goods and luxury services, which I think is very fascinating, uh, the idea of creating value from emotion. That's what I like about luxury. But for me, I, 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 was, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And so long story short, I started going to yoga, mm -hmm. Core Power Yoga opened up in Mount Pleasant, and my girlfriend at the time was a regular yogi, and she took me. And um, I didn't think much of it at first. I was like, this is nice. But I, I kept, I went back, and then I went back, and then I ended up going every day. I got hooked, okay? And the feeling in my body, and I guess it's just when I was doing the yoga practice, everything else would go away. Everything in my mind would kind of disappear, and it would leave me with just me right then and there. And there wasn't just some, you know, switch that was flipped. It was all this time now that because I liked this practice, I started getting to spend with myself without anything else. And I basically built up the muscles, my own um, sensitivity to myself, to where I started seeing more clearly who am I? What am I doing? And the reasons why. And all of a sudden it started falling apart. My belief systems about who I was started falling apart and I had much more flexibility. And I started getting in touch with that intuitive guidance system. And uh, after you know a year and a half of doing, practicing yoga regularly, I decided to like, you know, I really like this so much. It's changing me and my perception and feelings in a great way. Uh, I'll just become a teacher. Why not? So I did that and I fell in love with it even more. Um, having that deep knowledge just for physical exercise uh, is wonderful. But it's the... And it can happen during any any practice that you do. It can happen playing basketball. It's It's just putting you in the moment of just being with yourself. And if you do that long enough, so I think sports or a strict physical practice can, can put you in that mental place to start seeing clearly. I'd say yoga is definitely the most intentional yes. about it though. Like, or at least most yoga studios make it a point in the session in the practice to do that regularly. Like yeah. I don't, I go to CrossFit and no one's ever like, all right, Hannah, like, take 10 minutes yeah that's to, true you know or like when you're playing basketball it is there's always that level of yourself everything else goes away but you don't really ever get like the clear space unless you intentionalize it unless you put it in your day on purpose yes you're right yoga yoga does that more than anything else i think so you started teaching yoga and then how did the the business become created so i um I knew what I loved and I felt 
like I had gotten over some significant mental blocks and I'm still dissolving these certain attributes of myself. Years of life. Yeah. Right. And um, I was like, I, I knew, I knew, I, I became very clear on what I really love to do. What are my passions? Okay. Uh, yoga was a newfound passion um, and I'm all into it. I love speaking and working with people one-on-one. I love to talk, basically. I love to go through that self-inquiry and ask questions that nobody seems to be asking in our modern-day life. What are those questions? Are you really, truly, authentically happy and content? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Write that on my mirror. (laughs) And um, a lot of people are afraid to go there because they know. You know the truth real quickly. That's your intuition. And, but the best part is you can get there at any time. You can do it at 60 years old. You've got to do the work and you have to want it from an authentic place. But anyone can, can do that, make that transition. And so I, and I had studied enough of everyone, all my favorite, uh, spiritual teachers yeah, and doctors and, and I mean Joe Dispenza and all, all kinds of wonderful people Deepak Chopra and it was just I hit I had been consuming all of this information for a couple of years straight and uh, I got over the big hurdles the big you know beliefs of self and started writing my own version my own program which is this mm-hmm. like so this is what I want to do. I want to help other people make that shift as well and be the, their mirror or their kind of guide that helps them with that self-inquiry. At the end of the day, it's the individual that does the work. You have the shifts in belief. I can just help you get there a little bit faster because I've done that. So you, that you niche down pretty hard too because there's not a lot of these. I mean, I've never seen... This kind of business that's targeted towards men. It's always women. Yeah. Right? It's it's mindset and wellness coaching for women and for moms and for body image. And so I think it's awesome that you were like, no, like, I'm men. Yes. Men need this too. So why why did you choose to niche down to men? Uh, that's a super great question. It's super important. I feel that there is not a representation for men in terms of conscious health and wellness, intentional wellness. And I think that men today are out of touch with their emotional side. And we've been raised that way to kind of stifle that off. And I think that's a long-term toxic behavior. And first off, there's nothing wrong with men diving into their feelings and I think it's extremely important and so I I became and I was the reason why I did want to focus on helping men is because I am one and I understood from I was a tightly wound um I mean luxury management guy (laughs) and everything was yeah I was very rigid like a lot of other men, very rigid in what I do, the way I do things, the way it should be. And, um, 
I was out of touch with my feelings. I wouldn't. I would. I would just silence my feelings, and I had been doing that for years since I was a teenager. And you can pick your vice. A lot of people have their thing, whether it's eating or or drugs or smoking, you know, anything like that. What you're doing is really stifling your emotions. And when you don't process your emotions and feel your emotions, they get stored in your body, literally. And uh, that buildup of unprocessed emotion, I believe, is something that causes significant problems later in life. And so what I wanted to do was make a, I just wanted to start the conversation with men about going, like, like taking care of them. Like we all too often focus on, guys focus on taking care of everything but themselves. And so I just want to be a conduit to bring them back and to make men more intentional, allow them to be more expressive and in private, with that confidant-style relationship, uh, that's what I do. So, I'm stuck on this, because you said your emotions are literally stored in your body. What do you mean? Uh, the, the tension gets stored physically, I believe, in your, in your body, and as stress, um, because you're not, you're not processing these things. And that's, it's kind of like that slow stress buildup. And I firmly believe that stress makes you sick. Yeah. And, and so that failure to confront your emotions and just hiding from it, I think, has a physical effect on you. And, you know, even more so that mental effect of not dealing with, but rather ignoring something. It's going to come back and get you. Yeah, the stress is going to build up to, like, when we, in PT terms, like, we always... You know, say it overflows your cup, like load exceeds capacity because everything, every load is a version of stress and we can only adapt to so much stress and, you know, whether it's coming mentally or physically or both, there's a level that everyone can take before something else gets added to the cup and it overflows or like it comes out eventually. And obviously like we live in a society where stress is high and unmanaged. And it's, I mean, it's cortisol, like it's biological. Oh yeah. It's everything. And so, yeah, when people are like, oh, it's all in your head, you know, well, it's your brain and your brain does control everything, but also it's very biological. It is, it is like a physiological stress is an actual thing that happens. Yes, it's true. And stress is addictive. Ooh. It's very addictive. It's very addictive. Mm -hmm. Even though you could say, I don't like getting angry and stressed out you will continue to repeat the same behaviors that make you angry Why and stressed is that? out. Why do you think that is? It's that cortisol hit. It's a rush. It's your brain wanting to repeat that, even though it's not good. There, there's, there's an addictive, addictive uh, side to, to being angry. It's, it's a rush. Um, and we've, we've learned it. We've, we've become okay with, with this normal day-to-day stress, but it's not okay. Why, yeah, why do, why do you think we've accepted this? I mean, I just posted something on Instagram, and I was like, why do we have this 9-to-5, five, 5-day-a-week work week when people hate their jobs, they go home unhappy, they spend the weekends drunk because they hate their jobs, and then yeah. they just restart it. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Yeah, for sure. It's become such a forefront. 
Like, it's just like what you do. Like you, you go to college, you get this job and you do this and that's the rest of your life. You count out the days until you retire and then you retire and then you hate your life. Yeah, uh, that's a terrible way I, to do it. I know. Um, why, the, why is that? Like, why have we accepted that? And that's one of the things that got me was, was that image in my mind of like, oh, so this is what we do? Like, that's, yeah. that's what I'm going to do? And your parents and your relatives are like, and was, oh, yeah, you got to do this. Do. You need to get a corporate job and it's got to, you know. Uh, and I'm like, I, 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 imagined, I imagined that route in my head. And I'm like, I'm going to be effing miserable yeah like that sounds depressing and um we <laughs> i mean i i am str- strongly want to put myself in the business of breaking down that whole system mm-hmm. um break the wheel it comes from our our education system historically which is designed to produce workers people that are okay with following the clock and that's it you know look at schooling in our country it's it's Absolutely, it's a mess. On. Yeah, I could go on about college too. Yeah, I mean it's just the whole system. Break the system. It's not producing. It's not allowing people to be creative and expressive. Um, it grooms people to fall in line with structure and authority. And so you always have, you know, the entrepreneurial type is the type that. It's just at odds with that structure and authority. And, oh, I've got to do something. I've got to figure something else out. And then there's a lot of people who it's just the, their belief system is keeping them there because they don't think that they can do something else. They're like, well, this is the way it always has been. You know, I'm stable here. It's safe. That's another What even trap. is safe? You know, if down the line it's going to hurt you so much more, like what even is safe? That's yeah, a, that's a good point. You know, like if I'm like, all right, if I do this nine to five and I, I get through it, which is a miserable way to live life, because this isn't like a week or even like a year of school that you're getting through. Like this is your life. If you have to say, I am just going to get through life, I think we need to have talk, you know? And so if you're living the safe option down the line, you know, when you do finally retire, then like what happens? What happens then? Like, what's safe about hating your life and you, being miserable? You quietly die without making any impact. And, like, not saying that everybody that has a 9-to-5 hates their lives. You know, like, I think everybody yeah. is different and made to be different so that we can all work together as a society. And there are people that love their 9-to-5s. There are people that love their 12-to-12s. Like, there are night shift workers. And I and I appreciate those people because I, I do think that we are all meant to... Do something different. Otherwise, why would we be here? If we were all meant to go to work every day, same hours, get off work, do the same thing, that doesn't allow for growth. It doesn't allow for change. Yeah, for sure. It, it, you know, yeah, there's people that are passionate in their careers, and that's great, regardless of what it is. But there is this bulk of people that are you know, playing it safe, like we said, and who are going to sacrifice their high potential for actual joy and actual fulfillment. But someone um, would say that's selfish. You know, do you get that that a lot? Do you, people it, say, oh, well, that would be selfish? In what way would, would it be selfish? You know, choosing yourself and, like, choosing joy and instead of the safe option. Or oh, no. I, yeah, I don't believe. I don't fall for that. <laughs> um, you should be selfish. You should actually be extremely selfish with taking care of yourself and focusing on you. And that's another thing that 
that that social concept is is poisonous. It's like the airplane mask. You got to put your own mask on first, right? Before you help anybody else. You do. You're not going to be able to help anyone else unless your cup's full. So if you really want a fulfilling lifestyle, you got to start focusing on you today. Going through the mental hoops. Figure it out. Start asking yourself those questions. Take 20 minutes a day that's just you. Seriously. 20 minutes. 20 it's minutes. Like it's such a short that, amount of time. And, you know, that is a lot. You know, that's a lot for some people to start with. Yeah. What does that look like? Like, what would be the first step? And, yeah, to someone that's never gone through that s- sitting alone with themselves, uh, we have so many distractions mm-hmm. uh, constantly all day. Few people sit alone with themselves. And some people are afraid to do that because what are they going to find? Are they going to like what's there? Are you going to like being in a room? Would you want to be in a room alone with you? And that, that's a, it's a serious question that I ask people. And if the answer is no, mm. you don't really like dealing with that person, well then Dang. we need to change, change that person up. Let's figure out what's going on. Yeah. Let's start talking to that person, caring about that person, and see you know, where that feeling's coming from. But instead, in school, we learn social studies and geometry and how to sit at yeah. a desk all day and, yeah. and not ever, like, think about yourself. <laughs> That's what's interesting about school. We learn absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, I don't remember... It's just information. It was information I used to get to the next step in my life, to get to the next stepping stone, check it off. But, like, calculus? I don't remember calculus. Algebra? Like, and we were never taught how to take care of our bodies, physically or mentally. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you're sitting there all day. Like, most kids, especially right now, I mean, like, what even is recess? We had 20 minutes of recess. And, like, you don't feel good. So no one wants to do anything. Yeah, I mean, I could go on and on about the school system. It's it's awful. I think it'll change. I foresee a a very... Like a revolution. A much better future. And I do think that our society is going to be overhauled. I do see, and especially like in our generation, a lot more entrepreneurs and a, a lot more people that are not accepting the the structure like that has been placed before us to accept. Yeah. It's people waking up. And like not and just not accepting like, well, I don't want to do this, so why do I have to? Yeah. But I feel like a lot of the people before us were like, well, that's just what you do and you kind of suck it up. Right. But then we're realizing, but you don't have to, to be successful and happy and to help people like you don't have to do these things you might actually be more successful not doing those things yeah and that's the thing starting from when you're a kid you become the mold Mm. you're molded to your environment that whole society and that belief system of this is the way things are done that's how it goes it works this way you become that and the only way to get out a lot of people bring themselves out of it just by asking it's like having a pause it's like wait a minute why (laughs) what am i doing why would we do this (laughs) And I always that's think of, the start. Did you watch SpongeBob as a kid? Yeah. You remember the episode where Squidward goes to like what he thinks is heaven and it's like the same day over and over again and he, he loves it at first. He goes and plays clarinet and he does this and then it just he does it over and over and over and over again and then he hates it and he's like, Wait, this is the worst. That's what I always think of. It's like always in the back of my mind. That's funny. So what is it why why does that end up being the worst even though he loves those things? It was like what he thought that he was going to love 
But it was the same thing every day. I don't even remember. I mean, I know SpongeBob was not a part of it, and that's why he loved it. He was like, he lived, <laughs> this is so off topic, he lived in a community of like all of the same house with all the same, like everybody looked like Squidward. He would do this, and then he would go do this exercise, and he'd play clarinet, and then he'd go home. And it was like, I remember this. Right? Yeah. Like, I have the picture in my brain, and I don't know why it just like struck me. But because it, it's like kind of like what we do. It is. It is what we do, and the problem with that is there's no expansion. There's no growth about that. There's no risk. I mean, you need risk. You need to change things up. That's the only way you actually evolve consciously. That's the only way that you can adapt. Yeah, it's like coronavirus had to make everyone adapt in some way, and if you didn't, your business might not have lasted. Sure. So now back onto you. Sorry, Squidward. What is the process like if I or someone wants to start working with you? Let's walk through that. Well, the first thing I would do is we'd have a, a sit down, a conversation. <laughs> the way that you just looked at me. <laughs> I, just, I just like the term sit down. <laughs> when your parents need to have a sit down. Uh-huh. But no, we'll have a sit down because I want to first I'll get to know where you're at right now. Um, what's going on in your life and why did you reach out? Why do you think this might be a a good idea for you? Because I need to make sure that if I do work with someone that I can help them and that we can work work together well and have an open and honest stream of conversation. It's got to be a good fit. It's got to be a good fit. You've got to be coming from the right place. You've got to be actually ready. Mm, and a lot, lot of people think, oh, yeah, I'll do it. But are you, are you really ready? Are you actually going to dive deep? And that's, you know, that's the thing I, I want to know from the get-go. Because you, you might be doing this because somebody else told you to. Or somebody Ooh, else thought it was a good the idea. The irony. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It that's applies cool. everywhere. Um so that would be step one. The next step would be determining, let's, okay, well, it depends on the person and, and I guess how far down the road of their own sort of awakening they are. Um, but if it's, if it's a beginner, and this is the guy I really want to help, is the person who's just doing work they don't really necessarily care about. Their day's the same. They don't really like where they're at in life. Uh, they feel disconnected. They're not in touch with their emotions. But they have the self-awareness to say, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, like they I've got to figure something off. out. You know something is off. Your health isn't in good shape. That that person is is who I would love to work with all the time. Yeah. Because I'm like, all right, so let's start. Physical. You know, um, get that practice down, come up with something regularly, get involved. And then that mental and emotional is something we work on over time. So I can talk about my elite alignment program, which is basically for that type of person. The beginner. The beginner. It's like, hey, I want to overhaul what's going on. I know that I'm not as happy or, or doing what I'm capable of doing. And um, something's off. Like, let me just, let's get over it. Let's figure it out now. So that's what we do. This is the figuring it out. Okay. And so the Elite Alignment Program is six months 
one-on-one. Every week, we would meet either in person, we can have a video call or something depending on where everyone's at. Um, But we start breaking down the process for first off, identifying where you're at, like everything. Uh, what are your beliefs? And I start asking. That's when, see, when, when somebody else starts asking you things, then you can see it clearly and differently sometimes. So that's why the coach or confidant or someone you trust is useful for you for kind of bouncing back your own thoughts. And so it's kind of stage one would be where are we at now and a lot, lots of whys and whys. Why have you been doing it that way for the past 20 years? Okay, oh, that's just how it is. No, no, no. It came from somewhere. We need to illuminate where that came from. You get deep in there. So when we, the more we ask why, the more we illuminate it, you don't have to solve anything right now. It'll happen automatically. Because the more it's been illuminated, these different beliefs and patterns, then they just start to fall apart because you realize, well, you that's all it up. was. It was, yeah, it was just a, a program on autopilot. And we break down this autopilot mind. The kind of next stage, and this all varies in terms of... Yeah, it's a hard question because it really yeah. always depends on the person. But the next stage is then confronting feelings and emotions, okay? And actually learning how to process emotions instead of ignoring them like we've done for many years. Um, I just wrote a, an article... I'm going to post on LinkedIn later where I mention this um, emotional confrontation kind of exercise. It's super useful. I don't try. Is that off top? Should I do- dive mention in? Okay. Off topic. So one of the things that um, I fully embrace doing myself, and I think is super useful for anybody, is when I feel something that's not great, some type of emotion that is negative anger or frustration or jealousy or something like that, catch, catch it. Catch yourself feeling that way. First off, it's super okay to feel that. If you're feeling something, that's good. You should be feeling. Um, Respect the feeling and allow it, allow yourself to be feeling that way. Don't say that, oh, I shouldn't be angry at this or I can't be, uh, have that emotion. No, you have the emotion. It's over. (laughs) Okay, have it and respect it for what it is. Now, you don't want to keep having those emotions. So I immediately, when I catch myself, and I don't catch myself all the time, um, but the more you practice, you start seeing it. Uh, I stop, close my eyes, hands over heart center, ask from a genuine place of sincerity, why am I feeling this way? Where is this feeling coming from? What can I learn from this feeling? So I'm just confronting the feeling in myself. You know, I imagine those questions leaving my body, and I imagine something coming back. Just light, whatever, use your imagination. Um, And then open your eyes and expect a resolution to that emotion. And what happens is, uh, I've had it happen like very quickly, within a few minutes or even the next day some some situation or something will happen and I'll have like an aha moment like a click like a realization and that realization is the resolution to the emotion if that makes sense it's you integrating the emotion instead of having ignored it 
when you integrate it, you actually evolve yourself and and you you kind of move past those unnecessary emotions by confronting them. So you ask why, sense? but what is the answer to that? You know, why do we feel the, blank? That's a good question. There's not like a verbal specific mm-hmm. answer. It'll happen in the form of a realization and a feeling. You'll you'll realize something in your mind, but you'll feel something that's more important. And you'll understand why that kind of happened. You'll you'll see, oh, I was feeling that way because I have this tendency to be very attached to what people think of me. And so you kind of dive, when you start asking those, the realizations bring you deeper into the why, what's going on deep inside you that's causing you to feel that way. And when that's illuminated, it kind of dissolves. And more so, it puts you in the driver's seat of your feelings so that you can allow, instead of just, you know, autopilot, I'm angry. I'm angry. I don't know why I'm angry, but I'm angry. Yeah. So that program, the what do you call it? The elite. So the elite alignment program. Six months. Six months, one on one. That it's all variable depending yeah. on people's needs and where they're at. What happens after six months? Like, what is what does success look like? Okay, so that's good, and that's <laughs> the third part, or like the third kind of phase of that coaching program is clarity, extreme clarity. So what I like to do is break down the fundamental aspects of your life. Um, For example, relationship being a category, career being a category, financial situation being a category, emotional state is a category, Um, learning is a category, Um, partner, significant other is a category. And what we do for each category is actually get extremely clear on what the ideal you has in that category. And by clear, I mean literally writing out what, is, what it looks like, what your day looks like doing this, and how it feels. And so we basically, we put all this together in your own, you know, kind of booklet, your own reference guide for your direction. Mm-hmm. And you know we've gotten clear on how it's going to feel, what it feels like to be living in that way, what it looks like, the level of joy, the level of relationships that you have. And I think that that's the most fundamental stage for moving forward. And at this point, you will have learned where you're at in your own mind. You'll be in touch with your feelings. You'll be open to having that internal dialogue with yourself which is just going to put you in control of now the direction that we got clear on. So then moving after us working together, you'll have the tools and equipment needed to know where you're going, know why you're going there, be familiar with the amount of joy that you're pursuing and that is coming to you because you're familiar with it, and be physically, mentally ready to live a long-term life of happiness and health. And uh, so the physical component's in there too yeah. in terms of your practice. But it's, it's the full package because I, I want people... I mean, that's how, that's how life is supposed to be. 
that you know yourself and you know where you're going and you know why you're doing it and you're going to be healthy enough to do that for the long term. Does that make sense? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What is your perfect day? Oh, my perfect day is a cup of coffee just to get started. What time? What time are you waking up? Oh, uh, seven. Okay. Yeah. I used to be on the 5 a.m. schedule. I hate that train. Yeah. I don't know. I might do it again. Yeah. Um, cold shower just to get going. Sparks your system. Gets the blood moving. Shocks the body. Yeah. <laughs> That, all that heat from under the covers is fake. <laughs> I love that heat. <laughs> That's not yours. That's the cover. <laughs> Great. So cold shower and coffee. All right. Cold shower, coffee, hit the notebook. So um, for my own alignment and clarity, what project am I working on? What direction am I going on that specific day? And then the... Three couple hours, two, three hours of intentional work on myself or my business or whatever the main pressing project is at that point in time. Afternoon comes, well, I don't eat I don't eat breakfast or anything. I'll have a light lunch at around one o'clock. Um, and then yoga. Either I might be teaching in the afternoon, or but I'm definitely practicing. So I'll either do um, some calisthenics before, just push-ups, uh, pull-ups, just moving my body in my way for my strength. And then yoga comes. That's a mental release and a physical just release of everything. Blood's flowing. I'm flexible. I feel good. I walk away in a happy just kind of clear, easy state from that. Mm-hmm. So it's like obligatory for me. Um, and I'm doing the heated yoga. I was on a Bikram kick. Oof. You know, I would just love it. All the rooms to be 110 degrees and just <sighs> roasting. I'm a crazy person. I'm hot enough as it is. So, you know, like I feel like the room is always hot. Like let's not make it intentionally hot. We're just sweating no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what happens after yoga? Uh, well, I would meet with clients or people in the afternoon. I normally do yoga later in the day, like uh, 4.30, 5.30-ish. After yoga, grocery store, I go every day. Every day? Every day. I don't like to keep food in my fridge. Really? Yeah, it's like a quick, it's a quick trip. I don't wow. like to store up huh. things because I, I'm really spontaneous well, okay I love to cook that's another okay so you're like what am I going to cook today and then you go get it yeah I'll, I'll decide I'll decide yeah. that evening and then go get it and that's it healthy balanced uh, real food that's important eating something real that you know what it is and you know where it came from oh I could go on and on about that <laughs> where like Maybe people are okay eating not real food oh, it's I know, I know. mind boggling um, so you like to see your clients like you like to have your kind of like a morning morning alone time morning get your for me, stuff done yes. and then a little bit of a break and then see your people yeah. and then yoga and then find whatever you want at the grocery store cook yoga relax nice. cook I draw it out I love to cook I love to try things 
So like I, well, it's like a hobby. So I, mm-hmm. I spend more time than is necessary yeah, doing that. Like it, yeah. But I really like it. Um, kind of like painting. I like to paint. Oh, it's just those things that it's like okay, when I have a knife, that's what I'm doing. You know, oh, it's kind of like the yoga. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of it's just that's that's the activity. And so I really like those releases because it's just putting you in the present, which is something that people should be practicing. And, and take the activity of your choice, but notice that you're just being, you're just doing. That's what this is all about at the end of the day. I find myself a lot like doing and thinking about what else I need to do after. Or, like what doing this is keeping me from doing. And yeah. then it's just like this continual process of like never being able to breathe and be like, this is what you're doing. Just focus on this. Yeah. There's no end. There's no end to that. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, a lot of people. What is your thing that you're like, if everyone would just do this, the world would be a better place. So like if everyone would blank, the world would be a better place. If everyone would be honest with themselves about themselves, Mm. the world would be a better place. And what is the first step? Meditation? Asking. Asking yourself? Asking yourself. Then meditation. But asking the questions are so important. You'd be surprised at what you realize yeah, about anything. Asking yourself, and then you, you just start seeing. Oh, that's that's what I, that's why I do think. That's why what I feel. Uh, get familiar with you. Most people don't know themselves. I know. Yeah. I mean, do we ever fully know ourselves? I don't know. I'm really actually asking you. <laughs> um. Yes, you like can. 100%. Most people know. Yeah. There are people that exist that I, I believe are, are there, but that's the type that spend 60 Hours. years in a cave, you know, Gosh. thinking about it. <laughs> um, all right. What makes you different from all the other coaches and, and confidants and, and all of those? What makes you different? Oh, I'm just radically unique and brash and upfront and forward. Um, I know what it's like because I've been there. I would consider myself to be someone with a, you know, difficult, messed up mind. And I got over it. Okay. And I'm still getting over it. And I respect the process behind it. So what makes me different is the fact that I'm going to, I guess, really discipline you to being in touch with yourself. And sometimes that's all it takes for people is to know that someone who's crazy, who likes hot yoga and cold showers, not crazy, and <laughs> to <laughs> be looking over your shoulder, yeah. <laughs> who loves using knives to cook with, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone that's crazy is watching over you. Yes, but that's genuine and genuinely wants you to succeed in that's managing why, yourself. I think that relationship is so important. Like, you're not just, you're not this authority figure. Like, you're working with them through it all. Yeah. And having them trust you. Like, you're not going to get anyone to do anything if they don't trust you. Yeah, for sure. And that's another important aspect is, you know, everything that we do is extremely confidential. Like yeah. Like, you counselor or anybody else. Yeah. Um, nothing leaves. I'm a vault. I'm a private person, too. Uh, I, I, I like I like I like my privacy 
So, but I know my friends who I actually open up to, they're more vaults than me. That's, you know what I'm saying? They're just. It's like Gretchen's hair and Mean Girls. Full of secrets? Oh my God. Have you not seen Mean Girls? No. Okay. Well, I can read it. All right. So where can our followers, our listeners find you? Instagram, social media. Yeah. You can catch me on the internet at jacobkell.com, J-A-C-O-B-K-E-L-L.com. You can find me on Instagram at uh, jkelluniverse. And that's those are the best ways that's to see That's how they me. can reach out, um, DM you. Reach out. You can DM me. Uh, send a form on my website. Fill it out. Or just call me. Uh, everything's there. jacobkell.com is the main hub. And that'll help you learn more about what I'm doing, uh, kind of my background and and the direction that I like to go in. So you should be able to read me from the website. And then, of course, we always have a sit-down. It's absolutely free uh, just to make sure if someone's on the fence or thinking about getting a coach and thinking about working with me, I just want to make sure that you're coming from the best place um, and that I can actually help you, that we would be a good match to work together. Awesome. Love it. All right, Jacob. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Hannah. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.